Welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast, guys. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, but first, I just want to update you on a couple of new things that we've got going on. So now you can become a member of the Writer's Advice Podcast through Patreon. So that means that you get the podcast long before everyone else. You get the full video podcast as well, and you get to know what guests and what new authors we've got coming up and submit your questions to them as well as recommending guests that you want to hear from as well. We also have a book club over on Patreon which is very very exciting so that means that you can get books sent to your door and you can also be invited to a private um, Zoom meeting with our authors of the books that we choose each month. So that is very, very, very exciting. Um, you can head to olivia.com, sorry, oliviahillier.com to learn more about that. Or you can just go patreon.com slash writers advice podcast. If you have any other questions, you can find me at Olivia Hillier Author on all social media platforms. Love to have a chat. Um, I think that's all I've got to update you on. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends, all your writing friends, all your reading friends. And without further ado, here is this week's guest. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited because joining me on the podcast all the way from the UK, I have Leah Lewis with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited. <laughs> now, you are on an absolute whirlwind of your new novel, The Key to My Heart. There's so much yeah. I want to dive into when it comes to that. But firstly, I want to take it all the way back and ask you the initial question of when did you first know that you were a writer? Wow. Um, I think it's one of those things that I have always, I've always known deep down, but I had to, I had to know it. I had to come to it and look it in the eye and go, this is always going to be with me. Even if I turn my back on it, even if I try to tell myself it's just a, a hobby or it's, you can't be a writer, you didn't complete school. Cause I, I mean, I, I had kind of like quite a, I'm not, I haven't got an education background whatsoever. So it's, but it's always been a, um, a thing that's been so present in my life I've always been a diary writer I've always written letters I remember having a really you know bad day at school and the only thing I wanted to do when I got home was oh, I feel better if I just write this out and it wouldn't always be what was happening at school it would it would sometimes be a short story it would be whatever it would just come out a poem and I had this sort of moment when I was I was 21 and uh, you know hundreds of just stories and half I mean I never finished anything which I think a lot of people can relate to like when you're trying to find your feet you kind of I'd get all fired up like yeah I'm gonna write something and then I'd get about four chapters in and then I'd be like oh I can't do this and I got to about 21 and I'd just I, I was in another job that I hated and because I didn't finish school and I didn't go to college or university I didn't I thought what do I actually want to do and I just knew as soon as I said it and I said it out loud which is one of those weird moments that 
I think if someone wrote it in a movie, they'd be like, that's really un like that's unrealistic. But it really did happen. I stood um sat in my bedroom and I said, What do I really want to do? And like it was just a voice in my head that said, A writer, you know that's the answer. And I just thought, I don't think I can do it though, because I thought writers were people that went to Oxford and knew long words and talked in a really beautiful, proper way, like a I don't think they're politician but I don't actually think that's a viable um, example actually but um, yeah so I think I've always known but I actually didn't think that I could um, there was imposter syndrome raging which never really goes away I don't think um, but as soon as I sort of made that decision I thought well I know I'm going to throw everything out at this and I actually googled like how to be an author and I was like oh, wow you don't need to have gone to Oxford um so yeah there was that that moment at age 2021 um but I think I've always sort of known deep down I've always written so I love that I love that story and it's such a deep intuition that I hear from writers regularly of there's different little ways that it's popped up in childhood and and it also does seem like this unattainable thing until you really do set your mind to it and and make it happen so what happened from 21 to where you are now and launching the key to my heart? <laughs> That's a long, long story, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I'm 35 now, so long time. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 as I said, I, I actually Googled. That was one of the kind of productive things I did, which was I Googled and I remember just reading and reading like, okay, well, you need an agent and right, okay, you actually need to finish the book. I thought you could just you know, as if agents were just sitting there waiting for people to sort of go, I'll write you a book. <laughs> and then the agent goes, all right. Um, so once I sort of knew that, I I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And then in between that somewhere, I had lots of kind of near misses where uh, I would send things off and, and agents would come back and say, you're a really good writer, but there's no plot here or there's no, there's no hook. There's no this book isn't about anything but very they say it in a very kind way um I had I, I was really fortunate to have some really like lovely advice back from agents um and I wrote about two three books and I can't really tell you what they were about it but it, looking back it was just me finding my voice me finding what worked for me um kind of knowing where I sort of the more I kind of heard back from agents the more I read the more I kind of looked at things like the bookseller and watched agent interviews watched publisher interviews I the more I kind of thought okay well I need to sort of decide what sort of writer I want to be I want to if I was on the shelves in Waterstones where would I want to fit and so this was just a long process but it is like as you say it's this it's like a deep knowing and then you make the decision and you're like I, I know that this is a it almost feels like a mad crazy dream when I sort of say it to somebody out loud but I know that I'm not I might get knocked back and I might be frightened and I might doubt myself but I know that I'll keep getting back up because there's that thing in my belly that's just telling me I have to keep going um and then I had I had three children also in that big space of time um and uh, twins and um and my older child as well um and then um I I think it was 20 I always get mixed up with his dates um in 2017 I I've just thought I'm, I've got I have to do it like I have to finish this this book and I was really confident about it I'd been to a um a course that um was run by Bloomsbury Books and it was just about how to get an agent and I met some agents there and we talked loads and everyone seemed quite interested in the hook of my idea for Somewhere Close to Happy which was my 
first book and it just spurred me on I thought well I'm, I'm on the right track if people aren't screwing their faces up going god that sounds absolutely mad then I must be on the right track um and so I sent it out to eight agents and on the 33rd the 31st of October Halloween um I always remember where I was when I sent them off like oh my god this is actually I'm doing this and I'm doing it properly this is like 10 years in the making and I didn't hear anything for and this is something I always talk about because I think we all hear um you know writers that are wanting to be published we all hear about these um overnight success stories where it landed in my inbox you know the agent says and I just couldn't put it down and within 24 hours I'd signed her like we hear all of this and we go oh my god that's obviously how it worked that's how how it happens and it didn't happen that way for me and I still I mean it was positive and usually people go oh it's been eight weeks I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write that one off and it was actually the 30th of December that I had my agent Juliet Mushins email and say could I see the whole thing and very shortly after that in January the first week of January I had another agent so that I think is such a it's such a story to tell because it's it you know of course there's always going to be the ones where the eight weeks really does mean you probably should write it off but actually it a lot of the time just means I haven't got to it yet and that's exactly what had happened it had been a big book fair and everybody was sort of backlogged and yeah so I got two offers of represent representation very quickly after that kind of initial can we see the rest of it um and yeah and then I signed I met both of them and in the end I mean they were both wonderful which it was a really hard decision to make but as soon as I met Juliet I knew um and that sort of four books later just editing my fifth so it's been very quick really since 2018 um yeah so there we are that's incredible and I also love when you like talk about your journey of trying with agents and and you know other other things that you'd written written before you learn from every experience it's not a failure like it's like okay you pick up this and that and you learn more about your writing when you're getting a little bit of feedback and and where you're meant to sit that way and it at all when you have that nudge and that intuition it it all works out um anyway so I absolutely love that story did you always know what you wanted to write or had you played around in different genres or yeah yeah I think I I think I always knew it was um I mean it it falls under lots of umbrellas it's one of those weird ones sort of you know a lot of people say women's fiction um but I always knew I sort of wanted to write you, you know write about love I suppose and not in a kind of linear sense I mm. think a kind of you know complicated love and almost everyday life I think everyday life for me is where the kind of beautiful little stories are and everyday people I'm so much more interested in you know perhaps what the man next next door to me at a cafe table is texting on his phone like oh my god is he, he looks really serious I wonder what that's about I'm much more interested in that than I maybe perhaps am in someone who's got this big oh I've been to you know these people are amazing of course like people have done incredible like, I've been up Everest and stuff I think yeah I know but I am also very interested in what that man is saying to his girlfriend at table number three like they're the kind of I, and I think everyday people always surprise you like you meet people at a barbecue and everybody has their own incredible beautiful story to tell and so 
yeah I think I sort of rom-coms I've always I was almost writing rom-coms and didn't realize I was writing rom-coms and then I met Juliet who is just so smart and she was like you're a rom-com writer because actually weirdly I mean before we started recording you were talking about YA and stuff and when I pitched Summer Coast Happy I actually put it with what with YA crossover because it has a flashbacks to teenage years and I sat opposite Julia she was like this is not YA crossover Leah I was like is it not she was like no it really isn't she said I almost didn't open it because she said I almost was sort of like Meh. and then she opened it like oh god actually this is just this is a rom-com and she's trying to she she put it in the wrong box and she talks about that a lot because I think people panic about am I am I completely selling it right in the letter and she always mm. uses me as an example because I got the genre wrong and it didn't matter because that's such a small thing if she wants to sell a book she thinks she can sell a book she, she will sell it in the way that she knows how and that you know I think we can view agents as kind of gremlins like at the gate that won't let you through and um I mean I certain I was petrified of them I thought oh no they're these people that sit at these big desks with like in leather chairs big stamps on them like exactly like fail um so yeah I uh I I I did I did always want to kind of write about that stuff but I almost didn't know um what it was but like when it comes to things like horror and thriller I think if someone was to give me a thriller to write I would end up putting romance in it and they'd just be like this is not what we ordered um so yes is the is the short answer yeah and you're so right with the whole genre thing because you're like yes it's like is it rom-com is it women's fiction certain things can fit into so many different um genres it's I guess it's just where it's marketed and where it um fits best so I'm guessing you draw a lot of your inspiration from daily life is that is <laughs> is that how you come up with your ideas can you can you sit at the cafe and how how are most your ideas formed um very very similarly usually it's a what a what if so you know taking that kind of cafe example like I'm always thinking what if he's you know texting so someone else or you think he's texting this person but actually he's texting this person and oh a phone's an interesting thing and everybody's got a phone and I bet we don't know what's on there like it's just my head is always looking for those I think actually I'm always trying to make boring things a little bit more interesting and you know some my boyfriend whose brain just does not work like that he's very sort of like A to B he's very sciencey and we'll be sitting at a restaurant and I'll be saying clock that man over there and he has not seen a thing he's like what and he says your brain (laughs) it must never sleep you're just uh, but I I am I'm always on the lookout and I think you can even tell even sometimes watching someone's mannerisms meeting a new person just looking at how they carry themselves the words they use that almost gives you the indication of the sort of person that they are and sometimes that is enough to um unravel something and so for me it's just it's the what ifs of daily life and what if something what if you met someone here or what if you met this person and actually they turned out to be this sort of person or you know a regular thing like a I mean in the key to my heart there is a train station piano which we walk by all the time and you know so I think some people really don't like them like oh god I just want to get to work and someone's forcing me to listen to them sing along to piano but I think they're really beautiful and but kind of I've never really thought about them any more than oh they're so cool I wish I could play piano but 
putting that kind of question of what if someone plays there and someone starts leaving the music which is what the key to my heart is about so it is all my my brain is kind of always attracted to the everyday and asking sort of what if questions about those things and no it's <coughs> pardon me <coughs> it's those stories that they are heart tugging because that is the life that we are you know living yeah. every single day and that, that is the beauty of it because we are full of those what if moments and it's those emotions and bringing out those real personalities in people that yeah. really um draw readers in so yeah it, your books is absolutely wonderful for um current listeners can you give us a little bit of a synopsis of the key to my heart and maybe the little idea that that sparked this this particular yeah. the piano yeah um yeah um so first of all and I mean I was saying this before we recorded I've been editing another book and I had this complete like I think it's actually nerves when you know that you've got to talk about something and you're like it's like if someone you cook something every day and then someone says I'm gonna watch how you cook that you're like oh, I suddenly don't know how to do it it's that um so forgive me <laughs> you're fine <laughs> My head is in another book at the moment. Um, <laughs> I get names wrong, that's why, but no, I should be fine. Um, but yeah, so The Key to My Heart is about um, a woman called Natalie who um, has lost her husband two years ago. So she is sort of newly widowed and she was a musician. She had it all going for her. She had a perfect life. She had a perfect husband, Russ, and a cottage that they'd bought that they were going to renovate. And she was never really into it, but she wanted it because he did. And suddenly one day um he's knocked off his bike and um he dies and she she spends some time with him in hospital before he dies when he's in recovery and and rehab and there's a piano in um in the hospital and so she plays because he loves her playing and she really thinks it's gonna help him recover and then he passes away and she sort of loses this um, the zing that she had for life but also all the things that she normally loved which was performing and playing with her friend um, who they used to songwrite together so she the book begins with her in kind of a rut but the only place she does play is at the train station piano at St Pancras station in London because nobody cares and nobody really looks at her everybody's really got somewhere else to be and there's no pressure no one is expecting her to write a new song or perform or progress in her career or start teaching she's just leave me alone I'm just playing here it means nothing and she thinks nobody's listening she just goes there as a kind of she hasn't really got a lot else to do she's missing her husband and one day she um lifts the stool of the um the kind of donated stool at the piano and there's a piece of music that only her and her husband would know means something to her um and she sort of at first is kind of like oh probably reading into it but um then another piece and then another piece and then another piece um and she starts to it, it fires her up she's trying to find out who it is and yeah that's all I'm gonna say because <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I say anymore it will give it away so yeah and as for where the idea came from um I've always wanted to write about those pianos I'm not sure why um I don't I I, I find them extremely romantic I find music and watching someone play an instrument I think is a really beautiful thing um and piano especially uh, is one of those things that I mean I can play a bit of guitar but I tried with piano and I just couldn't get it and so it's one of those things that I kind of wish I could do um 
and I just I remember actually going I don't know what train station it was but I was meeting my friend because I'm not far from London so I go in quite a lot and I walked past it and I said to him I'm going to write about a train station piano one day and he was like I think that's such a cool emblem and I remember that conversation but that was years ago and so then when it came to sometimes ideas will come fully formed I find as a as a writer you've got the question you've got the conflict instantly but sometimes an emblem for me will come along like um you know like for, for Dear Emmy Blue my second book the emblem of someone you know a balloon release of somebody finding someone mm. else's balloon was with me for such a long time but I just thought such a cool emblem but also it's not a whole book it's a meet cute perhaps but also that's not yeah. enough I need I need it to link together somehow and then eventually that came to me but I, I tried to I, I tried to force it at the time and it, it just wouldn't um and weirdly my agent said we need this idea by Monday to pitch and magically I could come up with it but it's amazing it was almost like my brain it was like we've got nothing to lose now we have to do it but for years I tried and it was almost like someone gave me a deadline and my brain was like oh shit we need to do something about this um but yeah so for me that piano emblem was there for quite a while um but I just kind of I didn't know what to do with it and then which is always a story with me really I've I have definitely said that before didn't know what to do with it um and suddenly I, I don't remember when this happened but the someone leaving her pieces of music came and I thought oh yeah I really like that see if it sticks and it did and um so yes that is um sort of roughly how I got there really I love that. And with someone who's constantly thinking about these what if scenarios and just seeing life in its fullest, how do you choose what ideas you take on and what ones that you're just like, no, you need to, you need to sit that to the side for a yeah, little bit. No, I totally, un- yeah, I, I totally get what you're asking yeah. because that is such a thing, isn't it? it yes. Yeah. I think when, as you say, when your brain is that type of brain, I think <laughs> You are a sort of, I, I never sort of think that writers are a sort of breed, but we really are. I, I alienate, I alienate my friends sometimes when I'm really, I, I say I'm just constantly thinking about it and they're like, oh my God, don't you ever just sit and watch TV? And I do. And I go, right, I'm going to watch Netflix. And then I sit and watch Netflix and I'm like, that is such a thing is, that is such an interesting character. And all, And it's like, you can't fight it. I've had people say to me, you know you should really try and take some time off and I think you can take I can take time away from the laptop but I can't it's like telling somebody that I don't know it's like telling someone that I'm I'm trying to think of an example someone that loves music it's like telling them or someone that plays an instrument they're always going to listen to the radio or to a record differently to someone like me who kind of I mean I love music but I don't write it and I think it's it's so in it's so inbuilt and so there are a lot of cool ideas that and I think those sometimes do come up in other books but in a maybe smaller way so you might have a little idea and then five years ago you had to go "Eh, it's not really enough Mm. and then five years later you need a b plot or you know a subplot for someone and you think oh my god that would be perfect and so I never kind of shelve things I sometimes think I do and then they come back in a different kind of form um so yeah I think if it doesn't leave me alone that usually is I have to listen to it I think or it gives you a feeling I mean the latest book idea I I just it came so quickly I knew instantly and then I thought okay but then there are others where 
I'm sort of on the fence and then something else comes along that either tips me into oh yeah I'm going to shelve that or oh my god I've just fixed this whole idea and made it so much better so yeah I would say it's again it's it's instinct and Mm. it's that feeling in your belly of I can't stop thinking about it I can't stop thinking about it oh my god I've got butterflies it's that that makes me go I can't not do this book idea um so yeah and of course when you then have an agent um I would always advise your people always write what you love because you're going to spend so much time with it Mm. if you're writing something that you just think agents want or think the world wants um but then you you know you will it's going to be quite exhausting to be sitting at a desk every day with something you're sort of on the fence about but I, I think you have to love what you write and also at the same time you have to know that what you're writing is a is a something that you could put on the shelf it's not like so out of out of kind of every box going that no one's probably ever going to find it you have to kind of walk this middle ground and of course you then when when you've got an agent they will say uh this will be quite hard to sell and those things do and sometimes you feel so strongly like I don't care I just need to write it and then in that case go for it but those things do start to inform decision making I think when you've got someone that knows the market and knows what's selling here and knows what tv companies want and Mm. so yeah there's a lot it gets more complicated I think when you're sort of through the looking glass if you like of publishing but um I I just think it's the feeling in your belly and just that is all I would ever say you have to love and be excited um before you sit down absolutely and it's it is it's that deep intuition to and you do have to find a a middle ground with the market too I absolutely agree with that but I just want to come back to how you said how you explained how a writer's brain works because I find this really interesting particularly if anyone who is I only had this literally this week where I was at dinner with people and and they were questioning me like wow like how do you come up with that and how do you think like that and you you think oh wow I forget that other people don't (laughs) I know I know I completely I actually said to my friend the other day I was talking to my friend she's a she's a writer as well she writes crime and we were talking and I said to her I actually think if someone said I mean I did use a very extreme example like you have to stop writing or you're going to die I would I'd say okay but my brain despite this would still be making story ideas every single day or every single month and I'd be having to say to it I'm sorry I can't write it down but I can't so I might be able to stop writing I might be able to step away from the actual physical act but my brain it is you're absolutely right it's such a writer's brain thing it's always on and it's got a part of it that never sleeps either you're always on the lookout for something yeah it's like this daydreamers like curiosity so I feel like yeah if anyone has that and they're questioning whether they should or shouldn't jump on the writing train then you, you know it's made give it a go it's made, it's made for you absolutely you're a storyteller yeah. <laughs> uh, now what other words of advice would you give um an up-and-coming writer you've given so much incredible advice in this um interview but were there anything particularly that you really learned and took on that helped you in your journey that you would like to pass on as well yeah I think we are all the same like I would view kind of you know people before I was published before I had an agent I would view these people as having something that I didn't have and not physically like with the agent more kind of it would really buy into the imposter syndrome part of me and 
but that is still such a massive part of me and I'm I'm learning to sort of make friends with it now but it is it is with me still and I think I had this sort of idea that well I've got this imposter syndrome I don't feel good enough I don't feel like I think you know I'm not the same as all these amazing writers that are out there with books on the shelves and stuff but I'm sure once I've got an agent if that does happen I'll feel differently and the truth is the doubt never ever goes you still feel like any minute now you know someone a reviewer is going to turn around and say oh my god why are you writing a book who told you you could do this you get them get them off of Amazon now or you think your agent's going to call you and say I've just realized after three books that you're actually fake and you're like you're waiting all the time for that and I think you think that that's not going to happen and once you've got an agent oh I'll know that I can write then and so I'll just write without fear it'll be great but actually that is always going to be with you so if you're right waiting for the time to start writing where you'll feel like no this is definitely the time for me that never comes it never does it never it didn't come back then it doesn't happen now even when I've had a publisher say we will buy your book please write it Mm. I will then sit down to write this book and go well I can't do it there's just no way I can I can live up to what they want and so what I would always say is don't wait just keep going and just look at that doubt in the eye go I know you're going to be here with me probably forever Mm. so we might as well make friends but I mean Elizabeth Gilbert has this I don't know if anyone has read this but I recommend this to every writer big magic because you're nodding so I'm assuming that you know (laughs) it's like it changed my life and every single time I have doubt which literally cripples me and I can't you know sometimes a whole day will go by and I've written two words and I think Leah like this is this is your job now you need to and I'm so crippled with fear I go back to that book and I think okay this is actually just a natural reaction this is my brain trying to keep me safe and stop me getting my feelings hurt and actually I'm a big girl I can cope with it so Mr Doubt you can sit there because I know you're not going anywhere but and she talks about this how I think she says something like fear you can sit in the car but you can't you can't tell me where to go you can't read the map you can't touch the stereo I'm gonna go I'm taking this in this car I'm in charge but you can sit in the back seat and that really really stuck with me because I thought it's true it's been with me it was it was with me at 21 it was with me before that it was the voice telling me I couldn't do this and it's with me at 35 and it's saying thing is you've done four books that's fluke you can't do it and you can't do sick and I have to just go I'm sorry I know I want to believe you but actually I'm going to choose not to and so I would say to everybody if you're waiting for the moment that you feel like a writer a proper writer whatever that is just don't because we all feel it we're all writers I think by (laughs) default are quite anxious kind of quiet you know introspective people where we're always kind of you know you go to a writer's event and everyone you know I'm the first person to go oh my god I'm a nervous wreck and everybody goes oh my god me too and it's I think oh we are all the same um and you know there's always exceptions to the rule of course um and so that is my first bit of advice is that don't wait to feel like a proper writer because if you're like me you might always struggle with that and the way forward is through um and then I think the other thing I would say is to finish your book even if you know it's awful there is something about getting to the end having a breather from it maybe from a for a month if you can kind of you know if you're not in some sort of contract or you know if you're trying to get published you have that kind of take that month because 
you will then send it to your Kindle or you'll print it out or whatever it is that works for you and you'll read it and it will be better than you think it is but there will also be parts where you're like oh my god I can't believe I wrote that but that's fine because <laughs> they, they that can be taken out but once you've got it's like in order to make house you to build a house you need all the materials and you might look at the bricks and you might look at the wood and look at the cement and think oh my god this is never going to be a house but once it's in front of you you know if you keep going it will resemble a house at some point and but some when you're standing among rubble and bricks you can't almost see it so that's the time that you want to walk away and but get to the end and even if your house looks like it's going to fall down it doesn't matter because then you can put in you know all the kind of you can make it stronger you can make it straighter you can fix this you can fix that so I used to give up all the time at the third mark and then occasionally at the halfway mark I would I would get past the third and then I'd get to halfway and think oh my god this is a mental book this is crazy it doesn't make any sense and then I give up but I've actually learned that that is really normal and I get to that point every time now and I just know I've come to know that this is part of the um, is part of the process. And you might have a brainwave at halfway that makes you want to go back and change all the first half because you now know what it's about. But I still say, even if you just just get it out, get the plot out, and then you know what you're dealing with. And that for me, as soon as I knew I have to finish this um, and I'm not going to look back, I'm just going to keep going until I get to the end. That really helped me because then you've got everything you need in front of you, even if you need to fix it up or um, take bits away, etc. Oh my God, Leah, that is just amazing. And that is just so much truth and so much great advice. And I can't agree with you more. I absolutely, I, I love Big Magic and Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, Any writer I speak to, that is just the Bible. Like, honestly, <laughs> she has created something out of this world with that book. And I absolutely love that quote on fear. I think you know, where we're feeling it the most, it, it's probably where, like, obviously, unless it's like something, you know, the fear that's stopping you from what you want to do the most, like passion-wise, I think that we almost, you do need to listen to that and you're like, hang on, that that's, I'm feeling this much because this is how much I want it and this is how much I, I need to push through. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I just said, I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Thank you so much for joining us, Leah. I, I, I just have had the most amazing chat and I cannot wait to share this with all the listeners. Can you quickly let us know um, where everyone can find the key to my heart and where to get in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram under Leah Lewis author. I'm um, on Twitter on L is for Leah. Um, and yeah, my book, um, The Key to My Heart is out um, in paperback and ebook and you can get it in all good bookshops and on Amazon. Um, so yeah, there we are. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what this uh, next this next one you're working on is as well. <laughs> oh yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Leah. Thank you.